This is Tom Lee from NEGM Catalyst, and we're talking today with my friend and colleague, Janice Nevins, who is a physician who is the CEO at Christiana Healthcare in Wilmington, Delaware. Uh, Janice has been doing some very forward-looking things with her organization, and we're going to talk a little bit about what and, even more important, why. Um, now, Janice, I follow Christiana for a long time for a variety of reasons, including the fact that I grew up right nearby, uh, but not everyone in our audience will be familiar with Christiana. Can you tell us a little bit about your system and the role it plays in Delaware healthcare? Absolutely, Tom, and it's great to talk with you, and we'd love to have you back for a visit uh, next time you're around. So Christiana Care Health System is a regional, community-based academic health system, and we have the great privilege of serving people throughout the state of Delaware, as well as in the contiguous counties of Pennsylvania, Maryland, and New Jersey. Um, but it's because of our presence in Delaware that we have a unique opportunity, because the work that we do always has a statewide impact. We've got four campuses, a couple of acute care hospitals, a freestanding emergency department, and multiple outpatient facilities throughout the state, although we are concentrated in the largest county. And um, you know, we are absolutely focused on uh, achieving the highest outcomes that we can, the best outcomes, and so have been nationally recognized by multiple organizations as a leader in quality, safety, innovation, and health equity. Uh, we sponsor multiple academic programs um, in all of the different health professions. Everything that we do is rooted in the Christiana Care way. It is our promise to those that we serve. And it starts with the words we serve. Um, and we talk about serving our neighbors because um, Delaware is a small state. And um, we, 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 t we care for people as, as though we live next door to them. And we do that as respectful expert caring partners in their health by creating innovative, effective, affordable systems of care that our neighbors value. And again, that last word, uh, value, is very important to us. And when we think about our impact, again, the, the value that we bring is not simply to those who come to us, um, those that we serve directly, but uh, as importantly, um, the impact that we have on the people who live throughout the state of Delaware. Now, Janice, your point that Christiana is the biggest provider in a small state is a really important one because health policy tends to happen at a state level. Like that's where Medicaid policy is made. Uh, you know, so the impact uh, is tremendous. Now, my understanding is that managed care in general and value-based payment in particular has not come to Delaware as quickly as, say, Massachusetts. Uh, what is the current situation regarding uh, insurance coverage, payment reform, and the ACA in Delaware? That's a really important question. Um, Delaware uh, is a Medicaid expansion state. And my perspective is that the state really did a terrific job of rolling out uh, all of the elements of the Affordable Care Act, including uh, the exchanges. And uh, we had a considerable number of Delawareans who got access as a result of both of those initiatives. Um, the state has also been very successful in getting funding from uh, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Innovation, and we are a state innovation model test state. 
were successful in being awarded funding to create a plan, and now we're in the final year of um, implementing that plan. So we started from a place, uh, I think, of a, a great deal of opportunity, particularly in, in terms of payment reform. The state historically has been very much a fee-for-service payment state. It's very hard to find any evidence of capitation, uh, total cost of care arrangements. Uh, I will say, I think as a result of the, the SIM funding and the emphasis that's been placed on uh, creating value and uh, committing to reform, we've seen some changes really start to take place. We are the owners uh, who helped create a statewide accountable care organization, as an example. So we're in the third year of a Medicare Shared Savings Program, ACO. Um, again, I think yeah, we've had the privilege of caring for about 50,000 Delawareans, and not just those uh, in Newcastle County or those who come to Christiana Care, but because we've partnered with the other hospitals and health systems in the state, we're truly uh, able to deliver that approach to care statewide. We also were fortunate to partner with Aetna beginning uh, last July, July of 2017, and we're caring for close to 30,000 state employees in their, and their dependents. And that is in a, uh, what I would say, a, a version of a total cost of care model, meaning that um, if we are successful in helping the state achieve the spending target for that population, if we uh, exceed uh, their goals, there'll be an opportunity for sharing, but what's new for us and I think what's new in the state is that if we are not successful and we do not help them achieve their spending goals, then Christiana Care, uh, in partnership with Nemours, our children's health system here, we're on the hook for that difference. So if we don't deliver, um, the governor will be getting a check signed by me for the, the difference in that cost. And we've also seen, I think, more uh, more globally, a shift to certainly some of the initial stages of value-based payment. So pay-for-performance has certainly taken root. And increasingly, many of the, the contracts that we're, we're looking at, both inside our organization and, and with what we know is, is happening with the private practice community, um, more and more of the revenue that we earn is really grounded uh, in value. And again, I think, you know, for us, you know, the, that's the important piece of all of this is I think that um, our opportunity to create value and create value in the way that we've defined it, which is how do we help people achieve the outcomes that are important to them and how do we do it in a way that respects cost and creates portability. By committing not only to you know, driving the best performance in terms of how we deliver care, but also thinking about how that care gets paid for, when that comes together, I think we have the greatest impact for change. So when I talk to folks about um, you know, how I think about where we are as a system and our opportunity in the state, I talk about sort of the past was being uh, a successful hospital system, and we were that. Um, we are currently, I believe, a successful health system, 
in that we, we've really started to build those uh, components, the infrastructure that will support value-based care, risk-based payment. And so where we, we are going and where we must be is we must be a system that truly impacts the health of people in Delaware. Um, and it means taking responsibility, not only for those who seek out care with us, but for all of the people who live in the communities throughout Delaware. As someone who's been watching and, frankly, admiring what you're doing, my take is that you're not just reacting thoughtfully to market challenges. You're actually trying to show leadership. You're trying to uh, pull the system in the right direction as opposed to you know, fend off change that would disrupt things as long as possible. So, I mean, is that take right? And then the follow-up question is, why? Why are you doing it? And, you know, so many other folks I, I know are trying to delay the disruption to the status quo because it does make life that much harder. Yes. Well, I think, you know, it's in our – our DNA is such that we're never satisfied with the status quo. But I firmly believe that we need to uh, to, to lead and to um, – take responsibility to disrupt ourselves. And so we're, we have been committed to that and remain committed to that. Um, I have said not only inside the organization, um, I've said it at the level of the board, and I've said it publicly that I am desperately seeking capitation. I, I, I think that um, if we sit back and wait uh, for things to change, um, I, we lose a great opportunity to actually uh, shape uh, our own future. But again, more importantly, I think by doing this work, it really gives us the opportunity to do what I think um, needs to be done to transform the delivery system and, and make a difference in, in how we care for people and then how people experience health. I'm a family physician, and I spent the first part of my career working uh, at Jefferson in Philadelphia. And, really throughout my career, I've always taken care of uh, vulnerable populations. Um, and I know I don't have to tell you, you know, it's, it's the social determinants of health. It's um, behavioral health uh, access that have a much bigger uh, impact on health and the cost of care than the delivery system itself. By reforming how we get paid, we create an opportunity to address those issues that have such a significant impact on on health and how people live their lives. So one of the one of the uh, tools that we have developed that gives me confidence about sort of the disruption that we're creating is something called CareLink Care Now. Uh, we at Christiana Care were recipients of a CMMI grant and used those funds as well as our own investment to create a unique data platform that uses artificial intelligence and machine learning uh, to really uh, help us as we ingest data from multiple different sources to help us learn how we can care for people and, and how, can, how we can be more effective. We've got a very powerful HIE here in the state called the Delaware Health Information Network. So it, our data platform is agnostic to Epic, Cerner, in fact, we can uh, take in data from multiple different electronic health records, home devices, claims data, 
And then that data feeds to a predictive analytics tool, which in real time is able to let our virtual care team know who is at risk today in this moment. And it's allowing us to reach out to people who are at risk and intervening and potentially changing the trajectory of that care. We have 104,000 lives that we're managing on this platform, about half from our Medicare uh, shared savings ACO, the, the population of about 30,000 I mentioned from the state, as well as our own employees, and then many of the other programs that, that we've invested in, such as Independence at Home and the bundles. And what we're learning about um, this approach, a provider-based approach to population health management, is really fascinating. Um, we have partnered deeply with physicians throughout the state who now have access um, virtually to a behavioral health consultant, to a social worker, a clinical pharmacist, um, a nurse, specialty physicians. Again, it, it's it's been amazing. Imagine being a solo family physician in rural western Sussex County, and now you have access to all of these resources for your patient. Um, you can start to make some decisions that that ultimately not only impact health, but also help to make care more affordable, take out cost. The other thing that we're learning about, and I know you're not surprised at all about this, is you know, again, about some of those specific social issues that are driving multiple ED visits, readmissions, lack of access to care. And I think that we have been, um, to some extent, not surprised, um, but occasionally have had some really unexpected learning because of our ability to really go deeply into the circumstances of a particular patient. I think one of the things that has really surprised us is the the issues that exist with literacy, uh, not just health literacy, but um, with literacy in general. And imagine if you're someone who you can't read, you can't recognize numbers, and every time you interact with the healthcare system, everything that you get is is either written down or in numbers. And so we've developed some very clever approaches using pictures, for example, um, to help folks who who have trouble with reading and, and interpreting, and we at the same time that we um, we provide them information in a way that they can use it, we're also uh, providing them support in the community for uh, for literacy issues or whatever they need. So I, again, I you know from a so so why do this? Um, I I think there's it's why I came to medicine. It's why I became a family physician. Um, you know, I really do think that we're at a moment in time where the challenges are enormous, but the opportunities to, to create something that will be lasting and truly make a difference in, in people's lives, it, it's even greater um, than the challenges. So that's why we're in it. We, we really do think that um, uh, if we disrupt ourselves, move away from depending on emergency department visits and hospital admissions, but really focus on giving people everything that they need, nothing that they don't, doing it in uh, low-cost low facilities, ideally doing it in their home and in their community 
partnering with community organizations to address those social determinants, get people the access to behavioral health that's so important. I think if we do all of that, we will make a difference in the health of those we serve, and I think we'll be successful financially. Um, when we, when you know, there's, it's a challenge. We've got to get the payment model. Uh, it's also tip, but you know, by by demonstrating our commitment, by partnering with payers and and with the state, showing them our results, we're starting to see that payment can also uh, change. Well, maybe it's too soon to tell, but the. The last question I want to ask basically is how's it going? And I guess that boils down to three sub questions, which is are there any data yet to show that quality is improving? Are there any data yet to show that the cost curve is being bent? And then there's the morale of the troops. Uh, you're you're a very forward looking big picture. Uh, and you're it's great that your board is but not everyone is out there. So uh, are, uh, you know, are, are our clinician colleagues coming along? So um, the answer to the first two questions is yes and yes. We are seeing some remarkable impact in terms of our focus on clinical pathways driving quality. For example, um, we have reduced admissions to our neonatal intensive care unit. Um, and and I don't have to tell you, you know, one baby that's low birth weight or has a, has serious issues, that's a that's a huge cost to the to the system. So that's one example. Um as well as um reducing readmissions, reducing utilization of the emergency department. And we know cuz we're managing our own employee population that we're seeing the impact on cost. So again, we're connecting more people to care management for their chronic illness. And I, I just saw um, some uh, outcomes for the work we're doing with our employees. And um, not only are we uh, under what we had budgeted, but I believe that we will end the year spending less on our employees this year than we did last, even though we're covering more lives. So some certainly some early metrics that give me uh, optimism about what we can accomplish in the future. Um, this is certainly a new world for caregivers, um, and you know, they. I think the good news is that um, the work that we have done inside our organization around engaging our caregivers in coming back to um, our values and behaviors has had impact. Um, we embarked last year on an, a system-wide initiative to actually engage everyone in the organization around uh, redefining values and behaviors. It, it comes from a place of me believing that organizations that not only survive but thrive in times of change are organizations that, that understand their values and, and consistently uh, live those values through behavior. So we did that work, and our new statement is we serve together, guided by our values of excellence and love. Uh, and it's already having an impact. It gives us an opportunity to have a conversation about why we came to healthcare, the importance of the work that we're doing, so really helping connect people back to um, the purpose uh, of being a caregiver. The work that we've done in our ACO, again, we're able to show physicians in the community 
Um, we want to partner with you. We want to learn from you. Uh, how can we support you caring for your patients? Uh, I do think there's a lot more work to be done. Um, we are, in many ways, um, just getting started. And uh, certainly, the, the, you know, engaging physicians, partnering with, with physicians is a major focus for us. So many people are feeling overwhelmed and overburdened, and the issue of burnout um, has now uh, gotten national recognition. So we are addressing that through our Center for Provider Wellbeing, um, which is becoming a national leader in addressing issues of burnout. But more importantly, back to the engagement. I mean, my view is that it's the people who do the work that can help us identify the real problems and then be the, the, the problem solvers, the innovators, that will allow us to create an environment in which they can deliver all of the care that needs to be delivered and create an experience both for them and those that we serve that is, is truly exceptional. Well, as you know, I'm rooting for your success, and I'm glad you're moving your system toward redesign when you're in a position of strength rather than facing a crisis. And I hope we can continue to tune in from time to time and see how it's going. Um, that would be great. I, you know, I really do think that um, I'm very privileged to lead this organization, to have the opportunity to serve the state of Delaware, and I think it's, this is a great time to be a leader in healthcare. The opportunity to really make a difference, certainly from my experience, uh, has never been uh, as great as it is right now. And so thank you for your leadership and your inspiration for all that you do. And thanks so much.